guys, welcome to the More Than Mom podcast. I'm your host, MJ Cash, and your new mom BFF. And guess what? You get me without any awkward playground small talk. On this podcast, we'll be covering everything we possibly can to help you thrive in all of your roles, not just as mother, but as wife, woman, and individual with your own passions and dreams. I hope that you'll choose to continue along this journey with us as we all begin to figure out how to become more than mom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the More Than Mom podcast. On this week's episode, I'm actually sitting down with a friend of mine from my local MOPS group. That is, as far as I'm concerned, that stands for Moms of Preschoolers, although I'm not sure that's the actual acronym. But either way, it's called MOPS. And um, her name is Chelsea Fisher. She is an incredible woman, an incredible mother, and a good friend. And right out the gates, Chelsea and I are talking about just the importance of finding a group of moms that you can get around, that you can associate with, and that you can share your life with and, and your trials with and your victories with. So much of our lives are, are poured out into motherhood. And it's just, it's crucial to have a group of women that you can move through life with. And I have found those groups through different mom communities. Um, personally, I find them through our church because faith is a big part of our life. So I'm part of a great mom's group at our church, and I'm also part of a mom's group, this mops group, at the local church in our town that we don't attend, but that it's close to home so I could build some some community right here where we live. And there's, I know there's not everyone out there is, a, is necessarily a big follower of faith. Not everyone out there attends a church. If you do, I highly recommend either finding a group of moms within your own church, start a group of moms in your own church, or find a larger church in your community. And some of the small ones too, honestly, have them that hosts moms groups on a weekly or bi-weekly basis so that you can get plugged in. Another great organization is MOPS. They are Christian-based, but they have such a huge, widespread community of moms that have chapters all over the world. So there's likely one where you live. And then there's also more secular ways to find moms groups, either through apps like Meetup or on Facebook with your local um, moms group Facebook group. I know we have one for Nashville There's also moms groups on Facebook with moms of certain interests. There's ones locally here that I'm a part of for outdoorsy moms. Things that you can get out, socialize, hang out with your kids, allow your kids to make friends, and you build community and friendships along the way as well. And that is just so important. If you don't feel like you already have that that tight-knit group of mothers and friends around you that can support each other or that you're at least building towards that, I highly recommend you kind of do some do some research around your local area and figure out an interest or um, a common denominator like a faith to just wrap yourselves around a good, strong, tight-knit community. Chelsea's coming on this podcast primarily to talk about her career as a doula, but There's so much more that we go into in this episode. So for those who don't know, doulas are people who can come in and assist you during the birthing process, as well as at other times as well, like postpartum. They are incredible providers that are really there to be the advocate for you. And I was uniquely excited to have Chelsea on the podcast because we actually both started our businesses within the last few months. 
And we're learning the ropes of how to juggle motherhood and business ownership at the same time. This episode definitely hits on some of the perks of having a doula and why many people will highly, highly recommend to have one for your birth to help assist you and to help encourage you and to help build the environment and give you the best chances for a successful birth, whatever that means for you, whatever what however you define successful birth, they can help you attain it when you're in a state of uh, survival, shall we say, while you're birthing. But aside from looking into the life of a doula and aside from from looking at what a doula can do for you, Chelsea and I actually get to kind of step back a little bit and and dive deeper into the feelings that we're experiencing as as we step out on our own out into faith and launch a business for ourselves in this season of of raising young humans. There's definitely some anxieties that come with that. There's some fear that creeps in. And there's also just this feeling of being so confident that you are pursuing exactly what you're supposed to be pursuing, exactly what your purpose is and exactly what your path is for you right now. And Chelsea and I dive deeper into this. We have a good old heart to heart over it. And for anyone out there who's also contemplating pursuing a passion of their own in this season when they feel like they are needed and, and their energy is demanded in so many other places, I hope this gives you some encouragement and I hope this allows you to see that yes, there's definitely times that you're going to be brought out of your comfort zone and yes, there's definitely times when you're going to feel the fear a little bit, but that shouldn't hold you back from pursuing it. A few months back, Chelsea decided to, to branch out on her own as a doula instead of working within another company. And it's been so fun to watch her journey and to hear her talk about her profession with all these other moms in our community and our mops group as we talk about our births and talk about our birth stories. She is so knowledgeable and she's so passionate about being a doula. And One thing I love about doulas, and this applies to a lot of midwives I know too, this obviously isn't universal, it's not for all of them, but they just seem to have a very calm nature about them. You'll hear it in Chelsea's voice as she talks. She's just at ease, she's laid back, she's just, she brings a calm to the room, and I think that's largely because when they work, they are put into a very high intensity situation and that's their job is to bring the calm to the room and I know for my births especially I can definitely say that it would have been nice to have a little extra calm in that room because that was not the mood that we were in (laughs) but I don't want to keep you any longer from this conversation. I don't want you to keep it any longer from from hearing our good old deep heart to heart and also for you getting educated on what exactly a doula is and what they can do for you in birth. So here's my friend, Chelsea Fisher. sitting here with Chelsea and she is a doula local to Nashville in the middle Tennessee area and we met through our mops group Mm -hmm. which I highly recommend everyone get involved in some sort of church or otherwise group of women Mm because how long have you been part of mops three years now did it make a big change a big big difference in your mothering 
It did in moving here from Colorado. That's right. Helped. We talked about the fact that you're from Colorado. I forgot yeah. about that. Wow. So this is a big shift. So you moved here with one or two kids. Two kids. And then became pregnant with my third the second summer. And didn't know anyone. Nobody. Yeah, that's intense. How long into it did you find mops? Pretty like a year. So not too far okay. in, but I was desperate. Yeah. I was definitely Just a desperate super lonely. mom. Yeah. Yeah. No family here. Were you, you're working at that point though or no? I was part time. Okay. So. Oh, it's exhausting when you don't have a, a group of people that you can like relate to through it for sure. No, it was terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm so obsessed with joining different groups and I'm actually part of two now. So I have a small group through my church in Nashville that it's like my core group of ladies that I hang out with all the time. And then because we're 25 minutes out of Nashville and I don't go up there all the time and they all live mm-hmm. up there, I was like, I should also do this in Smyrna. And then I found mops. Yes. So, yes. This is your crazy. first year? Yeah, here. Okay. I did it. I did mops in Houston for um, a couple months when my son was born. Okay. That That's really, awesome. Yeah, it really helped me. So give me a little bit about your background. We talked about a little bit you being through um, from Colorado, but tell yep. me about life growing up and where you met your husband and about your transition into motherhood, all those things. Okay. So I, yeah, born in Colorado and growing up outside of church, I did go to a Catholic school in elementary, um, in, in Denver. So I grew up a city girl and then I met my husband actually through a mutual friend. He was dating her actually. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, they, they were done. And then we found each other on Facebook. Okay. Or no, it was MySpace. Sorry. Oh, this is like back in the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> MySpace. Um, and I didn't like him at all. Okay. Actually, he was not my type. He was a jockey and just not my type. And then reconnected again on Facebook when I was in college in Arizona, actually. And he actually came out there, like dropped everything. Yeah. Um, and so we dated three years, two years, and then got engaged and were married in five months. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty fast relationship in the, in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. especially because you guys weren't in the same spot for part of it. No. Well, I didn't like him. Right. <laughs> he just kept coming back. <laughs> and I'm assuming I'm, you like him now, though. Oh, yes. Now. Love him. Love him. <laughs> He's different now, though. Yeah. Um, so you guys are both from Colorado, then. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he grew okay. up on a farm on 40 acres. Okay. And I grew up in the city. Is farming common in Colorado? Um, yes. Not like ranches. Is that what kind of like what he was yes. on? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, so our stories cross a little bit. I'm from Arizona originally. You were you in Northern Arizona or where? At? It was, it's Gilbert. Oh, in Gilbert. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you fond of Arizona? I love Arizona. Oh, good. Love Arizona. <laughs> I'd move back there in a heartbeat. Really? Yes. Wow. Interesting. So I love visiting Arizona. But I would not move back there, which is interesting. I don't know. Wow. It's slow. Well, you're down south, right? Yeah. I was in Tucson, like right next to the Mexican border. Okay. Which had its perks for sure. Yeah. But just slower than here. I feel like everyone here is is getting after something. There's like a vibe in the air of everyone like pursuing something. And I feel like at least when I was in Arizona, that wasn't the case. But that was a decade ago. I agree with that. So, Yeah. 
I, I do miss it. I do miss the prices there. Yeah. <laughs> the price <laughs> to list. That's true. That's true. Uh, Colorado, we would never move back to Colorado. We just visited actually in September and we were like, no way. Interesting. Can we come back here? So did you grow up really outdoorsy from being um, in Colorado? I feel like that's like the staple. Of- yes. And my mom and the, everybody in my family is very active. Yeah. Um, and his family too. I mean, they had a farm. Yeah. So that's awesome. We would, we visited Colorado probably a handful of times growing up and it's for sure probably like one of the prettiest states in the country. It's very beautiful. That's, that's all I said when I went back. I was like, (laughs) this is all I miss. Yeah. 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 The view. I know. It's funny when I went, visited back to Arizona from college, I, again, I loved, I love Arizona, but just like kind of was indifferent about it. When I moved here, it's the first time that I really felt like my soul like meshed with the place. And I was really like proud of where I lived. Um, But when I went back, I was like, oh, like, were the mountains always this beautiful? Like, (laughs) were these always here and look like this? And um, I miss the sunsets for sure. Yes, yes. One of my big qualifications for college when I was looking around is I just wanted somewhere with grass. Yeah. I was like, I just want there to be green because it was just so brown everywhere you Tennessee look. is so green. Yes. I mean, Colorado in the winter is brown, dead, nasty, oh, interesting. ugly. Yeah, because of all the snow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I've never gone in the wintertime, but I have a friend that lives out there now in Colorado Springs. Yes. And um, they've already gotten quite a bit of snow this year. I know. Like, I know. Makes... And then they closed school here. <laughs> I know. It was for like, a dusting. For and it didn't even stick to the ground. It stuck to the roofs and that was it. I literally saw a flake in the sky. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, at what point did you pursue becoming a doula? So I've loved it since I was little. Um, I was a mother's helper of twins. Well, first her first son and then the twins came. But I was obsessed with pregnancy I don't know why. Like, even as a little girl. Oh, yeah. Like, I would put balloons in my shirt <laughs> and walk around. That's amazing. <laughs> be like, oh, I'm going to have this baby. And then the balloon would come out and I'd have this baby doll. That's so. how my labor and delivery was. <laughs> it was just like, it was like, like okay. nothing. Yeah, right. Just float it out. Right. Uh-huh. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I really got into it after having kids. First, I, I got my medical assistant certification okay and then I worked in pediatrics for seven and a half years and um then I had kids during that time okay and I felt like after my second my first birth was terrible in my eyes the epidural didn't work and I tore like all the way through and all the things that could go wrong besides a c-section went mm-hmm. wrong you know pushing for two and a half hours and after that I was scared to have another kid and then I I got pregnant again and I was like, look, I am going to search my heart out for the best provider and the best place for me to have a good birth. Mm -hmm. And actually at 38 weeks, I changed providers. Oh my gosh. That takes some guts. (laughs) To a midwife. Yeah. From a a doctor. From an OB. Yeah. A male OB. Best decision I've ever made. From that birth on, I was like, I want to be involved in this. Yeah. I love this. So how did the experience of your first birth differ from your second one? I think just all of it for the better. So mm-hmm. my first one, you know, all the all that traumatic stuff went on. My second one was all natural. 
and I, I prepared myself greatly for it. I paid $500 to take a hypnobirthing class mm-hmm. and paying that much money, you better have a natural birth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you gotta so, commit to this. Yeah. Um, and w- that's how I am. I'm that kind of person. Like if I'm going to do something, like I'm going to do it uh-huh. no matter what. And so taking that class and then it was in a hospital still, which was fine, but my midwife really fought for me. Yeah. It was just totally different experience. Um, and after that birth, I was like, I can do this again and again. Mm-hmm. Whereas my first one, I was like, never again. That's really interesting from my perspective, especially because I had a really similar experience mm-hmm. in my first birth. It was awful. Like, I can't even really put into words how awful it was for me. (laughs) So we moved to Houston in my second trimester. Mm -hmm. I was set up to deliver with midwives here, like the the Vanderbilt midwives. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Houston and I was looking for midwives there. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to all the ones that were like highly reviewed. And they were all booked for my my, um, due date month. And so then I went with an OB and just didn't super connect with my OB, but like they weren't bad. So I just stuck with it. Mm -hmm. They aren't great. And I wish I would have changed looking back, um, you know, hindsight 2020, but my whole experience, except for the nurses, I had two or three nurses over the course of my labor and delivery and they were all wonderful. But other than that, I, (laughs) it was terrible. Ended up in a C-section after going natural for the entirety of it and yeah and it was super traumatic and I think sometimes going off what you're saying right now I think sometimes people don't realize the trauma Mm -mm. that birth can cause to mothers and I fully had expectations for a natural birth I fully prepared for it we took a a Bradley method course that was 12 weeks well you pushed for how long uh three hours and 45 minutes um (laughs) just good times I worked out, I did CrossFit through the whole pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I ate very healthy through the whole pregnancy. We did the Bradley Method course for 12 weeks. Like, I was fully prepared for this thing. Right, right. I couldn't have prepared better. Right. And um, everything just went wrong. And it was not a good birth. It was not a good experience. And I honestly didn't even know how traumatized I was until I got pregnant with my second. Because you're like, I don't want to do this again. Yes. And, and I would avoid even thinking about doing it again because the thought of it would like send me into panic and I'm not I'm a very laid-back person uh but literally every time I thought about the fact that I was going to have to do that again I would like like sheer terror I don't know how else to explain like my whole body would get hot I would want to cry like I just couldn't let myself think about it and eventually you know (laughs) in my third trimester I realized I have to figure this out before it's go time it was just one of those things that I think probably two weeks before I gave birth, I finally was like, okay, like we're just going to make this the best it possibly can be. Um, but it took that long. And I feel a little bit bad. Fortunately, my daughter came out fantastic, but I was worried the whole time because like I had such negative feelings toward that pregnancy the whole time. I was like, I don't know what I'm putting into her right now because I just feel like the whole time I was like, I don't want to be pregnant. I don't want to give birth. <laughs> this is going to be terrible. No. Um, and so I feel that. I feel that a lot. And I feel like um, the fact that you were you were able to have that experience mm-hmm. and have a completely different outlook after your second one says a lot mm-hmm. about how well your second one must have gone. Oh, yeah. Because it's really hard to change your perspective after you've had a really difficult birth. 
hundred percent. That's why I'm in this field. Yeah. Yeah. Like as a doula, it is my job to prevent that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No matter what. Now I can't, you know, look at your provider and be like, no, I have to go through you, but it can be done. Do you feel like the culture is different here than it was in Colorado around doulas or do you feel like it's pretty? No, it is so different. Okay. Talk me through that. Um, Nashville has a lot of work to do. Okay. (laughs) Comparatively to Colorado. That's what I was going to guess, but yeah, I mean, Colorado is pretty, is a, is a hippie state for sure. Um, but again, and they're, they're all about their health there. Mm -hmm. The South, not so much. (laughs) So yeah, they have a lot, they have a long ways to go here, which which is fine. Yeah. Absolutely. I I was going to say, I like being a part of that. I feel like Nashville is very much so, um, on the front edge of that. Like they're on the leading edge of the South. Yeah. And the changes that, that are coming in the South around a lot right. of these things because we're a much more progressive town. So that's exciting. And yeah. it's exciting that you get to be get to be a part of that, like you said. Right. And make a difference. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people probably don't really even know clearly what a doula is, um, how it differentiates from an OB, how it differentiates from a midwife, because um, right. there are some big differences and there's also some big similarities. So right. can you lay out kind of what a doula is able to do for, for a, a pregnant woman? So... Duels don't catch babies. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> that's the biggest thing. People are like, oh, you're a midwife, doula. I'm like, no, no, no. It's way different. Yep. Um, we educate during your pregnancy, hold space for you during your birth, no matter how that's done, and advocate for you so that you have a voice. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I feel like when I think of doulas, that's like the number one word that comes to mind is, is your advocate. Yeah. So what are some of the things when you get trained to become a doula, what are some of the things that you learn how to do? So one of the biggest things that we learn about is communication. That is is really big um, as being a doula. You cannot have your own opinions. It's strictly educational-based communication. And then how we can help physically during birth. So like hip squeezes, the rebozo, which is a Mexican scarf that I, that's my favorite. Interesting. What, what can it do? And why do you love it so, so much? So I love it so much because I feel like every time I go to a birth and baby is OP, which means the nose is facing the front instead of your bottom, mm-hmm. baby can't come out smoothly like that. So the rebozo, you put it around mom's belly and you sift the belly to rotate baby. And it has worked so many times for me that's amazing one of my clients actually she was stuck the baby was stuck like that like that was what was holding her back Uh from giving birth and the midwife was like um I think we're gonna do some sifting so midwife did it for like 30 minutes on my client and there was a moment where the the midwife went to go um heat up the bath water and so I looked at my client I was like can I try it she was like yeah (laughs) <laughs> so I got onto the bed and I put it around her stomach and I started sifting and literally two sifts and baby was crowning. That's and I was like, crazy. I did it. <laughs> that has to feel so good. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's amazing. That, yeah. And then obviously hip squeezes and, um, counter pressure and water is really the midwife's epidural. Okay. So if I can get a client into the water, best thing. Do you show up as a doula? Primarily in hospital settings or home births or where have you... Everywhere. Everywhere. 
I haven't personally been in the car. (laughs) (laughs) I hope to not be, but yes, it has happened. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I never actually thought about that. If you, cause you, when, when a woman goes into labor and she's hired a doula, she calls you to come to the home and labor with her there first, Mm -hmm. usually. Is that correct? Based on what mom wants. Right, right, right. I mean, if she feels, some women are like, it's time to go. Okay. It's best if you do stay home. Right, because then you're not constrained. Because the second you get in that car and you get into the hospital, your body actually can reverse. Interesting. Yeah, and also you then start the medical countdown of when they're, how long they're willing to wait. Right. (laughs) You're going... Like Start so many times we have been like, can I just, uh, we're going to pray real fast. Can you leave the room to get the providers out so we can discuss and like kill time? That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. What are, I'm super curious about this and obviously we won't divulge any of your clients' names, but what are yeah. some, some really, um, big success stories as a doula or crazy stories as a doula that you have that the client was probably very happy to have you, um, hired on? Okay. So a good story, I guess, and, and she was very thankful to have me was I had a mama that was a military mom. I say military. Her husband was deployed, actually. Okay. And she lived in Clarksville, and she was delivering downtown in Nashville. Oh, wow. That's a whole... Um, at a birth center. Okay. So she had two other kids with her. This was her third. She actually called me, and she's like, I am on my way down, but I feel like I'm going to throw up. And I'm like, oh, boy. How far apart contractions? Two minutes. Two minutes apart. So here my client is driving down, (laughs) 24, two minutes apart, two kids in the back, alone. And I'm like, I feel like you should pull over and like call 911. Yeah. Especially if you feel like you're going to throw up, that means you're in transition. She proceeded to not listen to me, obviously. (laughs) And she made it. um, And she gave birth two hours later and her kids were in there. And this mama, like, I said, oh, do you want me to FaceTime dad or anything? Oh, we can't. I said, oh, how are you going to like tell him that this is happening? Our only communication is in, through Facebook. Oh, man. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? No. No. So she was so thankful for me. Yeah, it's just it's there. nice to have a support person there. And I know even, even for people whose husbands are in the room, I am f- super fortunate. My husband is happens to be a rock star in mm-hmm. birth. There's just some things that when you're not trained in it, when you're either you're not someone that's gone through it or trained mm-hmm. in it, you just don't understand um, how much of a little difference something can make. Right. So like the difference of two seconds of grabbing my leg right. or um, the difference of one hand pressure on the back versus right. two hand pressure on the back. Right. Um, things like this that like when we when and if we have a third child, he will be more prepared for that too. <laughs> but like... It was a learning experience for him each time. And I can see the benefit of having a doula in the room to be like, I already know Mm -hmm. when you say you want pressure on your back, I'm here to give it and I'm going to give it properly. Right. Right. Totally. Men will never understand and they'll never be the best in the birth room. Right. I mean, you just can't. You can't expect that from that. (laughs) But there's still things. (laughs) Yeah. I had a client actually, the husband was more, more thankful, I feel like, than she was to me. He was like crying at the end he's like i can't thank you enough you got me a pad for my knees so that i could be with her in her face and i'm like well yeah that's yeah you know we're we're like a fly on the wall basically knowing just filling in all the little needs what everybody needs before they really happen yeah right that makes sense so it's it's 
having a doula is super beneficial i can i can definitely imagine like if your husband is someone who either has shown this in previous births or hasn't gone through a birth yet and you think he might be the queasy type or the kind that like isn't gonna be there to stand in or is gonna need his own minute because i have (laughs) some friends who are delivery nurses and it happens all the time where oh yeah there's a nurse caring for the laboring mom and then like a nurse caring for the husband yeah yeah and all um, the time (laughs) i can imagine as if you were the wife in that scenario and you're sitting there going well, who's going to help me now? Like, there was my person that was supposed to be here. So. And so many times I have women that are worried about them. I'm like, you need to focus on birthing this child. Yeah, yeah. And so many times they're looking at them going, are you okay? Do you need this? And I'm like, let's not worry that, about that. Good for them because honestly, I didn't have the capacity in labor to do yeah, that. Yeah. I was Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> good for them for caring. Right. It happens a lot though. And I'm just like, y'all, this is why you hired me. Don't yeah. worry about him. Yeah. You need to focus, you know. That's amazing. So you have been pra- practicing doula for three years. Is three that right? Years, yep. And a couple months ago, you decided to yeah. take a big leap. What was that? Yeah. Started my own doula practice. That's amazing. What, what brought you to that conclusion? Um, so I was with an agency for two years and I just felt like, I just felt like I didn't fit their mold basically. Okay. And I wanted to be on my own and do my own things. Um, and I really wanted and will get involved more with the community and I can choose who I want to take on as a client. Yeah. Whether that be someone that's living on the street or a country music singer. Right. Yeah. You get to make your own choices regardless right. of, of finances or anything like that. Right, right. Yeah. That's amazing. Even though finances starting this is extremely scary for me. Yeah. So things are very slow um, as far as income right now. And yeah. that is so stressful when you've got three mouths to feed. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, I'm trusting in, in the Lord and I know he will provide for us no matter what. So, yeah. Talk Steep me through breath. that a little bit because... I think a lot of moms have dreams on their heart, but they're in the depths of motherhood. And Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's really easy to backshelf your own dreams and your own passions and to say, well, just not right now. Well, not right now. Well, my kids Mm -hmm. are this age, so not right now. My kids are into this activity, so not right now. Um, What's it like to kind of take the leap of faith and branch out on your own while having three little ones? Because your kids are too... Two, four, and six. Four and six. God <laughs> bless you. <laughs> yeah. That was like my dream until I had my second. And I was like, whoa, we need a bigger pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, this is, it has not been easy. And I, like, I feel like having to keep up with the social media stuff and the advertising right now because I don't have a consistent clientele right now it's taking away from my kids Mm -hmm. like I have constant mom guilt when I have to you know post something on Instagram believe it or not like running an Instagram is that's a whole nother job in itself (laughs) (laughs) and and I find myself like okay because I have reminders set literally I have to have a reminder to say hey you need to post on your business page um, and when I do that, of course, my kids are like, mommy, play with me. Mommy, let's do this. Mom, I thought we were doing this. And I'm like, I need 10 minutes yeah. to post this. But that's 10 minutes that I'm taking away from you. Right. And it's a terrible guilt. Yeah. That being said, like, 
I feel like this is my calling. I feel like God is leading me on this path. And so I just need to get through the trenches Yeah. and keep going. And like my husband always tells me every day, trust in the Lord. Yeah. He's got your back. Yeah. So. I think it's amazing that your husband clearly supports what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Um, well, if even if he didn't, I'd do it anyway. <laughs> yes. I have been there. I'm the same way. <laughs> Yeah, it is interesting. I have, I'm, I'm learning that balance right now too with this, um, trying to figure out how to build a routine around business so mm-hmm. that it's not as stressful for the kids. I feel like for me, what has made it most stressful for them is that there's no, there's no routine to it. It's not like every single day from this time to this time, mom's unavailable because she's working and I know that's the case. Right. It's like, oh, no, I need to hop on my phone real quick and post this. Oh, no, I need to do this real quick. Oh, uh, I'm going to step out for, you know, however long. Or I need you guys to go play for a few minutes so I can do this. And there's no consistency, mm-hmm. which I feel like is, is um, it just adds to the, the strife kind of mm-hmm. with them feeling like I'm I'm absent. Right. So I, I for sure get that. And I'm, I'm currently figuring out how the heck to kind of make it more routine. Yeah. I think when they're young, it's hard. Because yeah. they don't get it yet. No. And I don't, I'm not saying it gets easier in that aspect later, but I, I do think one thing that'll change is that I, I often want, like, I often ask myself, would I rather be fully available there all the time for my kids, but be exhausted because there's nothing fulfilling me? Right. And they're just, like, I'm just a mom at home, which is fine. Yeah. But, like, that that's my role. Or do I want them to see me excited for life lively chasing something and doing something with myself that's that's bigger than me right and i think to an extent raising our kids is bigger than us for sure it's probably the most important thing we'll ever do right but i think they're going to get a lot more out of seeing me pursue something on my own even if it takes away from time with them than they would if i was there all the time right i think that i agree with that i just i've never looked at it the perspective of where like I would be more lively and more happy because I'm pursuing something that I want to do too. And that's, I like to look at that. Yeah. That's. Do you, I mean, do you get joy out of your work with being a doula? Yes. I'm an Enneagram too, wing one. Oh girl, help all those people. Yeah. (laughs) Like that fulfills me. So yeah, I totally enjoy it for sure. And it's just, I think the social media aspect is killing me right now. I think um, I'm in no position to give you tips on this because I'm figuring it out as well. But I will say the one thing that I'm doing that I feel like is helping me is just giving myself grace in it. I think the social media thing in general is a full-time job and figuring that out. And as much as I am excited to pursue this and as much as I feel like I have a calling to do this, I also fully recognize the fact that I'm not doing this full-time. Right. If I was plugging in eight hours a day into an office to make this podcast and pursue the things I want to do for, for women and for mothers, I would be cranking things out. Yeah. Yeah. And I could really cover all the things that I want to do really well and really thoroughly, but I'm not, I'm raising kids full time. Right. I'm at home full time with my children and doing this. Right. And you're doing the same thing. You're in the same boat. And I think like I was talking to a friend the other day and we were talking about some of the things to do, how, how to basically use ev- all your Instagram, social media, website, all these things 
um, to like the highest effectiveness. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, okay, like putting a video on the homepage would be really good on the site and, you know, tying in posts here and mm-hmm. having things and like having all this updated. So we we're talking about all these things and yeah. I was like, all of this sounds great and they're all things I would eventually like to do. But I'm not like I'm not going to put it on myself to do it all right now because no. it's just not possible. No. Right now, I'm hoping to po- I I try to post like an actual feed thing maybe three times a week, right. which is not enough, but that's what I usually get to. Right. I try to do my stories every single day on Instagram, and I update my Facebook with like my releases. But that's where we're at right now. I'm focused. My main focus at this point is is the work itself. Yeah. Like I want to. Focus on the stuff that's actually going to help women. Right. Which is not my Instagram feed or my Facebook or my website. Right. It's this. Right. Right now. You're, see, you're handling it so much better than I am. You I just got to give yourself grace, <laughs> I, I just, I start to freak out like, oh, I forgot to post. Because I, I have a former client that her degree is in like marketing social media marketing or yeah. something and I'm like asking her for all these tips and it's she's like you just got to be on your stories all the time and you've got and I'm just like I I can't do that yes I can't do that I know <laughs> I I already think about the the repercussions of it so my my son's four and he has like one of those Amazon Kindle kids mm-hmm. he found out it can take videos oh no <laughs> he just found this out and his reaction was oh oh mom I'm gonna go upstairs and take a video and I kind of like chuckled I was like okay he brings it back down for me to see it. He It was selfied. So he's taking a video of himself. Oh, my god! And gosh. he's talking into it. Like, I talk into my stories. Oh, my god! And he's like, hey, guys, just wanted to stop by real quick, tell you about dinosaurs. <laughs> and he's going through his whole thing. And I was oh like, god. uh. He's learning from you. <laughs> what am I raising? <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And then when I told him, about, you know, I, I watched it and I was like, buddy, I think it's great. I think it's like, you did a great job. It's amazing. <laughs> and his reaction. Oh, God. Oh, I hope he's not always like this, hanging on other people's opinions of him. His reaction, like he was, when I was watching it, he was just like puppy dog eyes, like watching me. Like, what, what am I, like, what's mom going to think? I told him it was great. And he grabs he grabs the iPad away and he's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh god, okay, 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 um, uh, calm myself down, calm myself down. I'm gonna go upstairs and make another one. Uh, <laughs> what oh my god. is happening? That's hilarious. Um, and he also like if he messed up his sentence, he'd be like, okay, I'm gonna re. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, uh-huh. stop it. Oh my gosh, so that's hilarious. I, I see the repercussions of our kids seeing us do this too. It's not I a repercussion. Pr- I don't know. I just wonder. I don't know. Is it going to be good or no. bad? We'll find out in 10 years. I have no idea. <laughs> we'll find um, out in 10 years <laughs> but, what your job is. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just like, yeah. I I wasn't doing that as a child. Obviously, that wasn't like a thing. So no. um, you just don't know. I don't know. That's hopefully, awesome. Hopefully I, don't, I, think, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Hopefully he's chill. <laughs> he sees you. I mean, the kids, they they, they watch you. Yeah. And that's why I think I think you just have to give yourself grace. I think that's why I think it's so important. And I mean, at the end of the day, so, and there's probably going to be someone out there like a big influencer or a social media person who's going to disagree with a statement right now. But at the end of the day, what's going to grow your business more? Being all over your Instagram and social media feeds or being the absolute best doula for your clients? Right. Like, focus on the work right now and do your best to, like, promote yourself. Right. But at the end of the day... 
repeat clients is hard in your industry because people are only getting pregnant. So I know. <laughs> have like three clients that had their first birthday and i'm like okay <laughs> it's december everybody gets cozy <laughs> time to get pregnant guys. yeah right um so at the end of the day you're you're really relying on word of mouth mm-hmm. i mean that's word of mouth is going to like if someone tells me they had a wonderful doula and help with their birth and i had a traumatic birth or i'm, go- I'm scared about going into my first birth yeah that's going to lead me to pick up the phone and call them more so than right if i see an ad or if I see, you know, whatever on, right. on Instagram. I mean, that's, obviously, that's, for you, I think Instagram is a lot of probably educating. It is a lot of educating and letting people know letting why. people know what a doula is. So many right. people don't. And then I'm also a postpartum doula. I don't know if I told yes, you Yes. Yeah. I was actually going to bring this up because there's multiple. Doula. I know there's people also call hire doulas to like hang with their kids. Sibling. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can do that too, doulas. but. So many things. Yeah, I know. Talk to me about postpartum doulas because that's so, that's what nobody thinks about. Nobody thinks People about. People get pregnant and they think about the pregnancy and they think about the birth. They think about the baby. Everybody about forgets the baby, about like, the mom. Yes. Literally. Like, the second you pop that yes. kid out, it's the baby. Yes. And mom's left. So what what do you do as a postpartum doula? Because I think, honestly, I, I would almost be just as... In- almost more inclined to hire a doula postpartum than I would right. for birth. Like, because I, because I just know how, right, right. how intense that season is. That's, you're in the trenches there for yeah. sure. Um, so as a postpartum doula, we, we basically cater to mom. I mean, we're trying to heal you back to where you were and, and sleep is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a mom, you know, you don't get sleep in the very beginning. And so we also, you know, meal prep, like mm. taking things off of your plate that, can help your body heal um and then breastfeeding we help with breastfeeding and i'm you know i've been in pediatrics for seven and a half years so i know babies very well yeah and so i take care of babies too at night most i do mostly night work okay that makes sense um and that's honestly the worst time for moms right because most babies come out both minded for sure sleeping all day and wake all night and you're like no you you are this is backwards because and everybody tells you sleep when the baby sleeps during the day. No, that's not my schedule. Like I'm not nocturnal. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> and so people expect you to be like that. Yeah. And as a postpartum doula, like yeah, we're there at night so you can get your sleep because it is so important. Yeah. I mean, you start to lose your brain cells if you don't get sleep. Yeah. Um, and so that that's where the postpartum doula comes in, and we we literally cater to you being like doing sits baths or foot rubs or mm-hmm. anything to help relax you and and help you to remember that you you are still loved yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you did all this work yeah um that's amazing yeah the one other thing i want to cover do you use essential oils uh-huh yeah what what are some of the things that you do with essential oils in birth so let me give you kind of a funny one the peppermint is used always <laughs> listen if you poop during birth you're doing it right okay and everybody is so scared that they're gonna poop during birth right but when i see poop coming out i'm like screaming like yes you're doing this you are pushing right (laughs) um that being said it's a little stinky and some moms will be like what is that smell like if they have the epidural (laughs) they have no idea where the smell is coming from um that's where i bring out my handy peppermint oil (laughs) (laughs) And I'll put it, you know, on, I don't put it directly on, on mom. No, 
um, just on a washcloth or something near them. And so they just don't think about it and they don't know what it is. Nobody answers them. <laughs> um, also vomiting. Peppermint oil is really good for that. And then Clary... Like for the nausea, you mean? For the nausea, yeah. yes. Um, and then Clary Sage, um, I'll put that on your feet with some coconut oil and give you a nice foot rub. Clary Sage is known to induce contractions. Oh, cool. And um, so if a labor is not progressing, um, I usually, you know, have mom pump, breast pump, and then diffuse some of that. And it usually kickstarts things nice. back up too. You're you must be a good doula because the the things that you're casually mentioning happening during labor, yeah, are things that never could have happened during mine, in the sense that I was not in the right frame of mind. To, yeah. Like if you would have asked me to pump while I was going through labor, I'd be like, You've "You're lost out of your, your mind." mind. Like, I'm not moving. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, is... that's when, I mean, so that I clearly, has happened. I feel, I feel like the environment in my room is not in the right mode. No. And I would need someone like you to yeah. come in and like, be like, all right, we're going to approach this differently now. Yeah. You're, that is, that is my job. Yeah. yeah. So at every birth, I always, no matter where it is, if it's at your home or wherever, like, I always bring twinkle lights and fake candles. Oh, that sounds so lovely. And a diffuser. Like, my <laughs> birth amazing. bag is full of all the things yeah that's awesome um because it really is about like like if you think of animals they go in like hiding and they go give birth oh interesting you know what i mean they're not gonna come out and just like birth in the middle birth of the right day. right in the middle of when there's like an, an attacker next to them right um and so humans are like that too if you yeah. feel threatened in any way or out of place your birth is not gonna go smoothly interesting so it's it's super important to bring that zen. Mm-hmm. So for people listening on that have um, not really ever considered a doula before, should people only hire doulas if they want a natural birth? No, no. Doulas do every kind of birth, like I said. Um, for C-sections, I've had C-sections before and um, we're there, you know, before we can't go back there with you. Right. Um, except for one hospital here in Nashville centennial does let you go back oh interesting and sit with mom and you can play music and you can have essential oils yeah it's been it's we're fighting for this for all of them to be like this you know before they are wheeled back i'm always you know rubbing essential oils on their feet or holding their hand you know encouraging them just in their ear praying with them Um, and then afterwards obviously it's a lot harder to have baby latch and so it's super important for a doula to be there to help with that. Yeah. Um, and here's some stats, actually. So hiring a doula, with a doula, you have 25% shorter labor. Wow. 60% reduction in epidurals. 50% reduction in cesareans. That's huge. That's, yeah, massive. Um, 40% reduction in use of Pitocin, which is a yeah. synthetic form of oxytocin. Um, 40% reduction in forcep delivery. Yeah, hiring hiring a doula has a lot of benefits. Yeah, for sure. And it's if you if you connect with one and you find the right one, it's a thousand percent worth all of your money. Right. Well, I think one thing that's important to to recognize first of all, I I do understand that like in in theory, a fully natural birth is like the best option, in the sense of it is the healthiest right. option. However. I am, like, leading the charge of, like, 
it does not really matter in the grand scheme of things how you do this. Yeah. Because my first, like I said, I had no pain meds. It was right. 100% natural until they rolled me into the ER or the into the um, into have the surgery and they gave me an epidural for that, obviously, um, that didn't take, which was really cool. And then with my second, I had a fully natural VBAC. And I hated both of them equally. (laughs) I know. It breaks my heart. (laughs) So I'm just here to say that if you want to roll, like my, if we have a third kid, my plan is to get an epidural out of the gates. That's the only thing I haven't done Mm -hmm. yet. So I'm like, maybe that'll be cool. And I think what's important to remember though, and I have to remind myself of, is that if you're someone that does want an epidural, that doesn't mean that you then get to like skate through no labor and delivery uh it's still a marathon there's still tons of things there are even obviously some side effects that kick in with getting an epidural Mm -hmm. that you then have to kind of go over the hurdles of which is why i've never wanted one before but the other two ways didn't work so we're going to try this one now (laughs) there are pros pros and cons to everything yeah and And so i think that having like even if you're going and you're like i want an epidural right out of the gates there's still so much that a doula can can help with 100%. in the room and still make your experience great because an epidural does not guarantee a great birthing experience. No, not at all. In fact, it can prolong things. Yeah. So a doula is for every birth. Yeah. And going back to like whether you choose a C-section or an epidural or whatever you're choosing, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because the baby is going to love you no matter what. Right. The baby's not going to come out and be like, you just had a C-section with me and I hate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. it really, it, yeah, I mean, you do what you do. Yeah. And it's not a doula's job to convince you otherwise either. Right. We're here to educate you and, and really hold space for you no matter what. That's awesome. No matter where. I love that. Well, that's awesome. I, I just want to say thank you for coming on. Um, yeah. What is your doula practice called? It's Her Tribe Doula. And it's her, it came out to be her because it's, the first initial of all three of my kids' names. Oh, that's so cool. That's perfect. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, like you're for her. Yeah. And my logo does have a mountain because I'm from Colorado. That's cool. So. That's awesome. I know everybody was like, why would you do that if you live in Nashville? I'm like, because my roots are in Colorado. Yeah, for sure. That's like me putting a cactus in this room, which I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I could literally bottle up a mountain, I would. Exactly. In my house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I we're, we're for sure rooting you on. Um, Thank you. We're really excited for you. I know um, you posted on our like Facebook page for our Mops group when you when you launched, just being nervous. Yeah. And it's 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 you have to go out in faith to take a plunge like this, and it's a big one. Huge. It's a big it's a life changing plunge for your whole family. Uh, impacts everyone, so yes. we're rooting for you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank and you for having me. Yes, and thank you for coming on and telling us about doulas because so many people don't know. Right. This so go great. hire a doula. Yes, hire a doula and have better births than me. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. You bet.